I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 227 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have one more solid week of fatherhood content coming at you before I shut it down for the summertime. The list of dads is awesome for the send-off, beginning today with First Class Father and actor Jason Weaver. He was the voice of young Simba in the original Lion King movie. He sang all those hit songs like Hakuna Matata and so many others. He has been in the industry for three decades now. I am so excited to have him here with me today, so please stick around for the interview. And make sure you are following me over on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to stay up to date with all the upcoming announcements because as I say, I am shutting it down for the summer. I am not sure just yet when I'm going to fire this thing back up. Uh, there is a ton of great content available in the archives. I know that many of you listeners out there only found out about the podcast from my appearance on Fox and Friends last week. So please be sure to go through the list and listen to some of the amazing dads who have joined me here. We are now almost halfway through 2019 and what a first half of the year it has been. I had the opportunity earlier this year to bring the podcast on the road to Super Bowl 53 Media Day down in Atlanta to interview Tom Brady and so many other dads that played in this year's Super Bowl. I had the opportunity to bring my daughter on the stage after watching Frozen on Broadway to meet fellow first-class father Robert Creighton, who stars in the production. I also had the opportunity to be interviewed on Fox and Friends on Father's Day, which was such an honor. And in between, I've interviewed dads such as skateboarding legend Tony Hawk, Navy SEALs like the lone survivor Marcus Luttrell, platinum-selling recording artists such as Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray, actors like Barry Sloan, reality stars like Matt Roloff, and I even had dads who scored big on The Bachelor and Bachelorette, Jason Mesnick and Ryan Sutter. So it has been a very busy, very fun year so far, and I have been putting out five episodes each week since New Year's, and we are only halfway through, so lock it in to First Class Fatherhood because the best is yet to come. And please be sure you are sharing this podcast with every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump into the action right now with actor Jason Weaver. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. You are going to hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to consider becoming a sponsor of First Class Fatherhood, please hit me up with an email, firstclassfatherhood at gmail.com. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is an actor who has been in the industry for three decades now. You may remember him as the voice of young Simba in the original Lion King movie. He was also handpicked by Michael Jackson to play a young Michael Jackson in the hit TV miniseries, Jackson's An American Dream. It is a big privilege for me to say, Jason Weaver, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you very much, Alec. I'm very happy to uh, to be on your podcast today as, as a father myself. It's an honor to be here and uh, to be able to talk with you, man. So this is cool. All right. So let's do this. How many kids do you have and how old? I just have one. I have a son. His name is Jalen Zylus Weaver, and he actually just turned 18 years old uh, this past May. So he's a, he's a big boy, or now I should say young man. Wow. Yeah, I have four myself, and my oldest just turned 13 recently, so we were just at the onset of the teenage years. Oh, man, welcome to the fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what type of sports or activities was he into growing up? 
You know what? We just played uh, sports among ourselves, like, you know, a lot of basketball, um, football. Although I'm into baseball, he really didn't play that much. I take him to baseball games with me, but that's not necessarily a game that kind of, I guess, comes natural to him. And he also, well, this was during grade school, he had gotten into soccer, but um, over the years as he's gotten older, He's actually chosen to focus more, like, on his academics. So he's just one of those kids that, like, is always up under a book and studying. And so that that's kind of his thing now. And every once in a while, you know, he'll come downstairs out of his room and look at a football game with me or something. Yeah, very cool. All right, Jason, please take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure. Um, well, basically, my, my, my background is in um, – you know, film and television. Um, I started off in the business very early as a child. Um, I initially got into the entertainment business at uh, around six or seven years old um, in my hometown of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, back then, uh, Chicago was really known as a town where you would come in and, you know, record jingles for national commercials. A lot of print ads were done or shot there and a lot of national commercials due to the fact that there were big-time advertising firms uh, that were there in Chicago at the time and would be recruiting actors, uh, you know, to play in those commercials and print ads. So that's how I initially got into the business. And then um, over time, I gradually um, evolved into just auditioning for uh, feature films, which... I was able to get my first feature film at nine years old, um, and it was a film titled The Long Walk Home, which starred Whoopi Goldberg and Sissy Spacek. Um, it was a critically you know, acclaimed, recognized, and, and respected film, uh, and it was based around the, uh, the Montgomery bus boycott during the Civil Rights Movement. Uh, so it was a really, really great film to do. I got an opportunity to work with Whoopi Goldberg directly, get a chance to interact and meet um, Sissy Spacek, who are actually two of my favorite actresses who have ever done it. So that was an honor to work with them. Gradually later on, um, I got the opportunity to work with Oprah Winfrey on the series adaption to the successful miniseries known as The Women of Brewster Place. Um, the, uh, the show version uh, that I did, uh, or the weekly show version that I did, was just simply titled Brewster Place. I got the chance to work with her on that in my hometown of Chicago, on the west side of Chicago. So shout out to Oprah for that. Um, immediately after that, <clears throat> I uh, was honored to get the opportunity uh, to play Michael Jackson in the uh, Jacksons miniseries. It was called the uh, Jacksons in American Dreams. I, th- I would believe it was like a uh, a two-night, two or three-night uh, uh premiered like mini series that uh more or less chronicled the life of the uh the Jackson family and in particular Michael, his meteoric rise to fame and um and so I I was honored to play him in that. Following that, uh I was blessed to um be picked as uh the young the young voice of Simba or the, the singing voice of young Simba, I should say in the original uh, Disney's Lion King that was released many, many years ago. Uh, So those songs, I just can't wait to be king. 
Hakuna Matata. Um, I was the the singer. I was the voice of Young Simba uh, for for that film. Uh, let's see. After that, I did a sitcom, or I was a co-star in a sitcom, uh, an ABC sitcom uh, called Thea, which starred uh, Thea Vidal, and also at the time also co-starred um, Young Brandy Norwood, who eventually became. You know, Brandy, Grammy Award winning um, artist and and, uh, and actress as well. Uh, so she was on that show. So I did that. Uh, oh, wow. I had a brief stint with Motown Records where I released uh, one album with them, an R&B album. I think I was around 14 years old around that time that experienced a moderate success. And it's still considered to be like kind of like a classic record in my hometown of Chicago now. So Shout out to the city for continuing to support me and show me love. Um, what else? Uh, oh, I did um, immediately after my um, my uh, stint with Motown, I did another show for Disney. It was a popular kids show at the time called Smart Guy that starred uh, Taj Maury. Um And uh, it was basically a show about a young kid prodigy uh, who was going to high school with his older brother, who I played that character. And um, <clears throat> it basically just, you know, told the story of what our relationship was at school and, of course, his relationship with his family at home because uh, it also starred Essence Atkins, uh, John Marshall Jones, uh, and Omar Gooding. Uh, so it was a um, <clears throat> it was a pretty popular um, uh, kids show at that time. Let's see, after that um, is when I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and I was fortunate enough and blessed to be able to work on the film Drumline. Um, <clears throat> I believe my character's name in Drumline was, was it Ernest? It could have been. Well, anyway, um, my character was pledging for um, a fraternity. Um, my character was um, a character that was not only in the band, like trying to actually make the drum line, uh, but he was also pledging for a band fraternity all at the same time. So a lot of people remember my character from that because I was like eating the cheeseburger kind of crazy because I was in the middle of pledging and I just didn't have enough time to eat. And so there's one particular scene where I meet up with Nick Cannon, uh, who played the lead in that film. Shout out to Nick. Um, and I showed up and I was, you know, eating a burger all crazy. So that's where people may know me from from that. Uh, let's see, what else? I did, immediately after that, I did another um, civil rights film called Freedom Song with Danny Glover um, that came on, like, TBS or TNT, one of those. It was a Turner Turner production. So I was honored to work alongside with him on that. Um, let's see. Oh, and then immediately following that, I went back to Atlanta and shot a film uh, with my homeboy T.I. and uh, Jackie Long um, and and my homegirl Lauren London, uh, a film called uh, ATL, um, which is considered to kind of be like a cultural classic, uh, you know, amongst, uh, um, I would say, like hip-hop fans or people that are in the urban culture. Uh, ATL was like the first time you saw Atlanta culture being featured on the big screen and in a very, like, pure and authentic but 
you know, very bright and entertaining way. Um, it was based around kids, you know, who were roller skating. So we got a chance to, you know, kind of expose that um, that element of the culture that exists um, down there in Atlanta. And it was a nice, you know, story attached to it. So I did that. And uh, let's see. Um, after that, I did a film called uh, Lottery Ticket with Bow Wow that I also shot in Atlanta. Um that one was cool. I got a chance to um, work alongside with Charlie Murphy as well on that. Rest in peace uh, to Charlie. Um, he also worked on that film, and that was a that was an amazing experience. A lot of great actors on there: Brandon T. Jackson, Natori Houghton. Um, who else? Uh, oh, um, Leslie Jones of the SNL. This was prior to her getting on SNL. She and I re- did a lot of scenes together in that film, so. Uh, yeah, and then other than that, man, just, uh, you know, a few independent films uh, here and in between, uh, you know, throughout that journey, probably a few indies that people uh, won't know off the off the top of their head, so I won't even bother to mention those. Uh, but, yeah, man, I've, overall, Alec, I've just been, I've been blessed to, to work in this industry um, for well over 30 years. Um, I... Uh, I've been very blessed to work with some amazing people, um, to learn some some incredible things along the way, to travel to places that I normally probably, you know, or under normal circumstances, just being a, a kid from Chicago, I probably wouldn't have got the opportunity to do. Um, and no, I mean, the journey has just been, it's just been amazing so far. And I say so far because all, you know, I've been in it for 30 years, but, you know, I still... Um, have a lot more of the race left that that I'm uh, that I'm running, so I'm excited to see you know what's going to happen in the future and uh, and yeah and and I'm just uh, continuing to press forward. But that's that's my career in a nutshell. Yeah, what a wide variety of the industry you have had the opportunity to experience, Jason. And how old were you when you became a father? And how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I actually became a father at the age of 21. Um, I was living in Atlanta, um, and while I was there, uh, you know, kind of getting settled, I met my son's mother. Uh, shout out to my son's mother, Mimi. Mimi is an amazing mom, um, and she and I met uh, then. And you know, of, of course, our son was born, I believe, maybe like a year later. And um, you know. I got to say, because, you know, a lot of people, <clears throat> they, uh, they're they surprised when they find out that I'm a father of a of an 18-year-old uh, boy. And, you know, they, because they're like, oh, man, you, you still look, like, really young and you sound really young. You just, you're, like, very youthful. So, it's it, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's not shocking, but it's just surprising to people. And they're like, wow, you, like, you're really a grown man with, like, a grown son. And I have to tell them, um, yeah, you know, I started early. Or I became a, a father at a very young age because I was at a point in my life, being completely honest, Alex, where I had worked like all of my life, and that's all I really ever known. And um, you know, when I when I was uh, when I first came down to Atlanta, I just felt this this overwhelming sense of just like I wanted to firmly plant roots in Atlanta and 
really began to build my life in that city because I saw that there were a lot of opportunities on the horizon as it related to film and television, which has, you know, shown and proven to to be true, uh, my gut instinct. So I felt that coming along, and I just felt like I was at a point in my life where I wanted to experience something something else that was real that had nothing else to do with the business. And I wanted to explore and find out more about myself, you know, the man that I that I was becoming and the man that I was at that time. And, and when I, you know, met my son's mother, everything just kind of seemed right at that moment uh, for me to, to uh, you know, jump into to, to having a family and, and starting a family and, and becoming a father. And um, I have to say, being a, being a father, that that choice has been one of the more rewarding, if not the most rewarding experience of my life. Um, because being a father forced me to grow up in a lot of different ways, um, mentally, um, spiritually. Um, you know, my, my son has helped to bring out things from within me that I never knew were there, and, and and I became aware of those things simply because I wanted to be the best example that I could be for my for my son. And so, you know, my son, I and I always tell him this, and you know, when when anybody asks me, I, I answer the same way. My son is God's greatest gift that He's ever blessed me with, and I and that He will ever bless me with. There's no award, there's no amount of money. There's nothing, you know, that, that can be given to me or, you know, that I can earn that's greater than what God has already placed in my life with, with my son. Um, so I'm I'm very blessed to, to have him in my life. I'm very blessed to to be the one uh that he can look to as, as his father and and I'm I'm the one that's there to guide him and to protect him and um to educate him and show him, you know, the right path and you know, of course you know, as 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 parents, and I'm pretty sure you've experienced this as well with your children. You know, you're not perfect. You know, you 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 hit little bumps and snags along the way um, as as you're um, learning and evolving as a parent as well. But you know, the beauty of it all is that even within that relationship and that dynamic, you know, you guys are learning from one another, and you're learning. Uh, just different things in, in the journey and in, in life, uh, just all together. Period. You know, together. So it's it's a very uh, no. It's, it's it's just great being being a father has just enhanced my life. You know, a hundred and ten percent. And and um, you know, I I hope to have more children in the future because um, I'm still a relatively you know young guy somewhat. Uh, but right now, uh, you know, my one son that I have is is the greatest gift, and and we're just going to continue to go on our journey together as we have been doing, you know? Yeah, very well said, Jason, and that's a beautiful testimony to what fatherhood is really all about. It's time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more from Jason Weaver. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Are you enjoying First Class Fatherhood? Did you know you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? It may sound insane, but it's true. 
there is a free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Seriously, just go download the free PodCoin app on your iPhone or Android, and if you use my special code, Fatherhood, you will get 300 PodCoins just for signing up. The more you listen, the more PodCoin you earn. And then you turn those PodCoins into gift cards for places like Amazon, Starbucks, or more. So go ahead and listen to this podcast on PodCoin and sign up using the code FATHERHOOD. It will change the way you listen to podcasts. Let's go, dads. Summertime is upon us here, and there is no better way to spend time with your kids this summer than to take them to a live event, whether that's out at the ball field, at a monster truck rally, or even a Broadway show. Buy your tickets on SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and apply my code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and First Class Fatherhood listeners are going to save $20 off their ticket purchase. Get over to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and buy all your tickets for this summer's fun. Maybe you want to take them to their first concert. Go to SeatGeek.com and apply my code FIRSTCLASS, one word, FIRSTCLASS, and save $20 off your ticket purchase. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. Uh, what were some of the challenges for you? I mean, I know that acting and shooting films can be very time-consuming. So um, what were some of the challenges for you being an actor while being a dad? Uh, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head right there. I think that the biggest thing is just time. Um, because, you know, a lot of the times, I mean, take for instance now, like I'm, I'm out here in Los Angeles, I'm working. Uh, but my son right now is back in Atlanta because, you know, he works a job. He's staying with his grandmother right now um, uh, during his summer break. But, you know, he has his little job down there. He's living his life. He's, you know, he's just now starting out and, you know, he's got his friends and his little social network. So um, it's kind of always been like that throughout the course of his life. And, and throughout, you know, different parts of my career to where I've had to be gone for, you know, extended periods of time, like, you know, at the at the most like a month or so because I've had to work. So that's been challenging, um, but it's something that I have to do as a father. That's how I provide for my family. Um, so, you know, what we just try to do is when we're together, um, we spend as much time as, as – we possibly can together. I mean, my son lives with me, but I mean, you know, we do a lot of things together, whereas go to the movies or go to a Braves game or, you know, or, or I don't know, go to the pool, just, you know, random different things like that or go like one of my favorite things to do is during football season. I don't know why, but I'm a huge fan of Chili's restaurants. I love Chili's. And my thing is, my thing is taking my boy with me, you know, on Saturday to look at college games and we go to Chili's and that, you know, that's like our thing. We get our little fajitas, you know, we get some nachos and we sit there and we look at SEC, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that all of that being said, um, I think that that's been probably the greatest challenge of uh, for me um, being a father is just being able to um, spend that, that quality time that's definitely necessary Um you know, for a child, a child's development as well as for my own development uh, also as his father and, that, you know, as a man. Um, but, again, I think uh, um, when we do get together, we take, you know, advantage of our time 
and uh, we we genuinely enjoy each other's company. We have a lot of laughs together. Like you know, my son is is my best friend, and uh, no, nah, so you know he he and uh, thankfully he's at an age now too um, where he can really understand because he has his own uh, dreams and aspirations of entering into the entertainment industry in like a business capacity. So the the cool thing about me kind of traveling the way that I have and having to work uh, away from home for long extended periods of time, the cool thing about that is that he's been able to actually see that and like see what it takes to, you know, succeed in his business and to stay active. And so he understands now the, you know, the, the significant role that I play as his father, but also, you know, having a career that keeps me, um, away from home at, at different periods of time. So he's been able to, to see that over the years and come in, I guess, appreciate it to where, you know, now um, when he and I talk about it or, or whenever I have to go and, and work, you know, he's like, man, Dad, you know, do your thing, man. Like, I'm proud of you. Like, keep going. Like, man, that's great. You know, I, I have his uh, his full support. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome to hear, too. And I'm always curious to ask you dads who are actors because you guys have this ability to portray such a wide variety of characters. So while growing up, did your son, was he always able to tell when you were serious and when you were fooling around? And uh, how were you as a disciplinarian as a father? Oh, man, another great question. Um, no, my son my son knows me, um, you know, from the, from the gate when he was able to understand uh, what I do for a living. Um, I made it very clear to him that that's my job. Like, that's what daddy does. But that's not who I am. That's not what defines me as a man. Like, this is who I am as Jason Weaver. This is what I stand for. This is what I'm hoping you will be able to see and look to be better than. Like, this is what I'm purely about. These roles that I play are what they are. They're roles. I go to work. I do my job. I sign out. I collect a paycheck at the end of the day. That's that. But he knows that when I talk to him man to man, he's talking to his father and not a character. And, um, you know, I think with me uh, over the years as far as um, being a disciplinarian to answer the, the second part of your question, um which is a great question, too, because I think all fathers can relate to this, all parents in general. You know, you, you try to figure out at different phases of the child's development, which is the best way to get them to understand. Um, some people are a little bit more stern. Some people are a little bit more reserved. Um, over time, I've learned to be more more, I wouldn't say relaxed, but uh, more easygoing as it relates to um, teaching lessons. And especially, I think I, I think I really started doing that during my son's teenage years because I kind of remember how it was for me being a teenager, you know, hormones raging, emotions conflicting, your mind is all over the place, you're studying you feel like high school is the biggest thing in the world and, you know, and that, that that little world that exists right there is anything and everything. 
you know, there's all these anxieties and pressures that you feel internally. So with me being able to kind of um, um, revert back into that, or not revert back into that, but be able to pull and extract different feelings from that time, I was able to identify with my son in a lot of different ways because I saw that he would react to things the same way I did when I was that age. And so what I began to do more with him is, like, just do a lot of talking. And I think a lot of parents during the child's adolescence uh, phase, parents have a tendency maybe to become a little bit more confrontational because the child is becoming, like, bigger and, you know, is almost like physically matching, if not dominating that parent at that time when they go through a growth spurt. So I think parents uh, have a natural, you know, kind of inclination to want to just you know, sometimes react in a way um, that can be unnecessary. And I've seen a lot of my friends, a lot of my, my, my God friends who are fathers, I've seen them, you know, kind of make that mistake where, you know, they'll try to impose themselves upon their kid, you know, to try to make them understand that they're serious. And I've learned that that's not an effective method for me and my son in our relationship. I've learned that simply talking to my son and telling him, like, you know, even if I got to repeat myself, and, and trust me, I do it. Like, I, I, I say the same thing maybe a hundred times throughout the course of a month. You know what I mean? It constantly drilling, you know, the same lesson over and over and over and over again. But, you know, I'm seeing how those conversations and um, it, just that genuine interaction is, uh, having a, a a greater effect or a better effect than than it would me being, you know, just all up on in his face and and on his back and 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 you know, don't get me wrong. There are times when I have to like lay down the law and let my son know that like, hey, you know, I'm your father, you're my son, <laughs> like I'm a grown man, you're a young man. You know, I th- there are times where you have to either give that look you know, to, to remind them. But I've, I've just come to learn that when I just talk to my son and, and give him the real and I lay out the pros and the cons. And then when I, when I use my example of saying, Hey, when I was faced with the same situation, this is what I did. And I really messed that up. You know what I mean? Like, don't make the same mistake that I made. Like, I'm not telling you this because I haven't done it. I'm telling you because I've done it. And it doesn't work. So, like, don't like, don't do it. I'm trying to give you the game. So usually when I talk to my son like that, he knows that I'm coming from a real and genuine place where I'm trying to save him the trouble, you know, of yeah. going through things. But, you know, at the same time, kids are going to be kids, especially teenagers. There are times when he still has to bump his head and learn on his own, um, which I'm not mad at. What I just try to do is make sure that those situations where he does bump his head uh, in different places, it, it doesn't cause any irreparable, irreparable damage or, or you know, or hurt him seriously or, or kill him. You know what I mean? So I just try to, I just try to be there in that sense. And um, you know, and I'm a, I'm a spiritual, uh, you know, I'm a spiritual guy. Not to, you know, I'm not trying to impose my beliefs on on anyone else because um, I believe everybody has the right to believe what they want. But for me personally, you know, I'm a believer in God, and, uh, you know, I, I pray a lot, just constantly asking God for guidance, you know, as his father, um, 
to where I can I can instill the right things in him and I can reinforce the right things in him. And, you know, even if I make certain mistakes along the way, I just pray to God that even my son is able to take things from there and learn, you know, what not to do to, to ultimately become a, a better man than me. Yeah, very well said. And I am a faith-based person. I keep God first in my life as well. And, uh, you know, my four children, they each respond differently to certain discipline styles. So communication is almost a godlike quality because sometimes I do struggle to find the right words or language. And that's where sometimes the frustration comes in, uh, you know, trying to get a point across and the kids are coming from a totally different angle. Oh, yes. Yeah. But but like you just said, Alan, you know, communication is the key. And, and uh, you know, I'm so I'm so glad. Um, that my son and I are are, are able to uh, coexist amongst one another like that, and and to really uh, have that that level of communication between us, to where he can you know tell me anything, and and I can be open and honest with with him as his father, you know, to help guide him. So now that is a beautiful thing. Yeah, very cool. And you've had so much success so far. What type of uh, goals or projects are you working on here for the future? Oh, well, actually, that's one of the main reasons why I'm um, out here in Los Angeles right now. Um, I've actually been, for the past couple of years, uh, developing uh, two projects as a producer that I recently just positioned at different uh, different studios. One uh, animated project that I've, I'm working on, currently working on with my partners, is a show called um, The Secret Society. And it's pretty much like uh, the tagline is pretty much like it's a cross between The Sopranos and um, uh, Family Guy. And, you know, we play on conspiracy theories and and that whole thing, and it's a a really, really funny show. So I'm currently uh, in the pilot stage at Comedy Central with that, so I'm working on that. And then I also um, am co-producing another animated uh, series called Team Supreme. Uh, that was uh, it's created by an uh, artist and animator by the name of Joshua Leonard, uh, and Joshua created a uh, animated series about kids with disabilities and special needs who all live at this one hospital, and their doctor, this genius doctor that takes care of them, uh, is able to take those special needs and disabilities and turn those things through, you know, medicine and research or whatever, turn those things into superpowers in order for these kids to save the world. Uh, and so it's like a, a beautiful project that that he created. And um, so I recently took it over uh, last year uh, over to a production company called Hillman Grads, uh, which is currently uh, producing, co-producing the show alongside with us. Hillman Grad is Lena Waithe's um production company anybody familiar with her she's the executive producer and uh writer of the the shy which is on showtime uh who, and she's also a really good friend of mine so i was fortunate enough and blessed to be able to take uh that amazing project over to her and she was able to get it understand what it is and so she is currently right now helping us to package that and we should be pitching that show uh i'd say within the next month uh so yeah, you know that's that's really kind of my main focus now. I, I wanted to, well, not my main focus. I'm still acting, of course, um, but I wanted to kind of pivot and shift my focus a little bit uh, towards uh, developing and creating projects and producing projects uh, because I'm just at that stage in my career where 
uh, I want to have more skin in the game, you know, behind the scenes. I also want to um, be able to kind of work on projects and be involved in projects that, you know, I feel extremely passionate about um, while at the same time uh, providing opportunities to those around me and and just people in general that I think uh, are really talented and deserve the opportunity, you know, for their work to be seen. I, I'm, I'm working to become that guy that people can come to and I can help, you know, usher their work or, or them into the business and, and help propel them to, to the next level of their career and their life and what they want to do. Um, so I'm just, I'm at that stage where, uh, yeah, I just, uh, um, I just want to have more skin in the game and, you know, I want to be able to have a, uh, a strong track record as a producer and kind of tell the, uh, kind of tell the stories, like I said, that I feel passionate about and, and work with people that I, I, uh, wholeheartedly and genuinely respect. So, um, yeah, so everybody just be on the lookout, you know, anybody out there that is familiar with my work or was familiar with me already, your, your prayers and support are greatly appreciated. I ask for everybody to continue to, to pray for me and support me if they see any of my projects, you know, that are out there, or if they see me on screen. Um, I don't take that support, uh, or those, those prayers for granted. So, you know, I, um, that's where I'm at now and, and God willing, uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be in a, in a position one day uh, to where I'll be on the level of the, you know, the Jerry Bruckheimers and the and the uh, Brian Grazers and the Ron Howards and those are the guys that I'm aspiring to, you know, kind of level up with and uh, and even surpass. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the goal now. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome, Jason. All right, last thing I want to hit you with here. I love to ask all the dads I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Great question. That's a great question. Um, you know what? The, the the one thing I would just tell fathers is enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy it, man. Like, don't be nervous. I think, you know, all of us, it's, it's a very natural feeling when you first hear, you know, from your wife or girlfriend, significant other, whatever. It's, it's it, when you first hear, hey, you know, I'm pregnant or we're expecting, um, it's exciting, but you also get the butterflies in your stomach because you realize at that time that, you know, you're no longer living for yourself. It's it's not a game now. Like now you are technically the head of a family. You're in charge of a life. Uh, you're in charge of guarding a life, protecting a life, caring for another life. You know, those are the first things that initially pop in your head. And so men have a tendency uh, because we're natural providers and protectors, you know, we automatically, like, you know, kind of tense up because we're like, okay, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to I gotta be the provider. And, and mind you, that, that that is very important. You should be a good provider. You know, you should be a good protector. Like, yes, that's part of your role. But at the same time, don't let those feelings overwhelm you to the point where you can't just be in the moment with your family. Um and when I mean be in the moment, like when you come home from work and because you're so worn down from work for providing for your family, which I get, but you're not able to take the time to sit at the table and have dinner with them and appreciate them. And, you know, to take time after, although you're, you know, worn out from work or doing whatever, 
coming home and, like, spending time playing a video game with your kids or playing a toy or, you know, when they're younger, looking at a cartoon with them, you know, or taking them to the park. All of those things are crucial, not only for the child's development, but for your development as a father. And because, you know, being a father, becoming a father is, man, is the greatest gift that God can give you. You know what I mean? Like, because that, that little person is going to carry on your legacy. They're going to carry on your name. They're going to, you know, carry on your personality, and your your beliefs and what you're about or whatever. So, um, you know, I think that's the, the main thing that I would really try to um, convey over the fathers is like, man, just enjoy it, fellas. Like, you know, be in the moment, be present, um, love. You know what I mean? Don't don't feel like you got to be the hard guy in the situation. Like, yeah, you're the head of the household. You know, you're the disciplinarian. You know, daddy got the last word or whatever. But don't let that um, just supersede, like, just you just being kind and you being able to listen and be understanding and be compassionate. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, that's what the child is going to take with them. Like, that's what you want them to go out into the world and eventually be and display those things in front of other people. You want that person that you're helping to raise to be a kind, compassionate, loving, responsible individual. You know what I mean? So in order for them to be that, you know, you have to teach them that. You have to show them that. You know what I mean? So that's out of out of uh, out of anything. That that's what I would tell uh, young fathers is like, you know, just just be in the moment, you know, and 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 enjoy the journey with your child or with your children. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. Uh, this has been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, Jason Weaver, you are a first class father, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alec. I appreciate it. Uh, you allowing me to be here and talk with you and. Uh, the feeling is mutual, man. You're a first-class father, man. Thank you for having me on. All right, I'm back with some closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Jason Weaver for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And keep it locked in. Got a lot more action heading your way this week. We got four more episodes to go. Tomorrow on the podcast will be a dad who is a Hollywood cameraman. He has worked on such films as Resident Evil. Don Shirell will be joining me here. And then on Wednesday, we have a dad who is a former MMA fighter who tragically lost his son at the age of 15 months to a drunk driver. Marcus Koval will be joining me here on Wednesday. Thursday, we got a dad who is a tech dad out from San Francisco, early investor in Twitter, Uber, and so many others. Kevin Rose joins me on Thursday. And Friday, of course, we are going to finish it off with a Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Former Navy SEAL Troy Molesky will be here with me, all right? That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Thank you.